Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. your sitter. Bad dreams about the gray hairs on Jeremy's arm. I, I, I know it. I'm gonna wake up in the middle of that. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com, and you are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. It is 4 o'clock here in the Mile High City, and if you haven't figured it out, the next nugget... Or, I obviously haven't figured it out. The next hour is all about the Denver Nuggets here on Nothing But Net. Um, joining us today, two co-hosts. First, out in Los Angeles, it is Denver Nuggets, the king of the Thursday column and the oh, and, and and the longest tenured member of Denver Stiffs. Uh, hey, wow! It is Mike Olson. Hey, uh, hey, Zach. Um, wow, longest tenured. Uh, that's that's the nicest way anybody's called me old like ever. <laughs> I like that a lot. Thanks, man. Uh, no, I was I was just thinking about the other day because obviously when our um, our colleague Jeff Morton uh, has has announced that he is not going to be writing anymore. Obviously, he um, he hasn't written for us uh, for a year now, but the, just just not having Jeff's Jeff's thoughts out there in the article. Yeah, just his voice gone. That's that's going to be interesting. Uh, I wish wishing him luck, and uh, we'll we'll miss uh, reading his stuff more often. So absolutely, I I actually disagree with his premise. I would listen to or I would read all the Jeff Morton Nuggets history articles. Uh, and nostalgia, like what, we just do a whole series, a whole, a whole site about Denver Nuggets in the 1990s. Uh, yeah, I'm there for it. But I would totally be there. Yep. Still can catch Jeff on his podcast though, so we'll still we'll still get his thoughts in one medium or another. Also, getting his thoughts on this medium is our social media coordinator, Mr. Jeremy Poley, out in Philadelphia. Jeremy, what's up? Not much. Um, just feeling a little bit old myself. I'm currently <laughs> staring right at a gray hair growing on my arm. That's the first. <laughs> That's... I'm so glad you said arm. I, I was like, where is this headed? I mean, it is, it is, it is internet radio, right? But we don't want to push the limits probably that far. Uh, <laughs> if I can just really No, I, um, I uh, I hear you though, Jeremy. No, I haven't. Uh, I have yet to experience it on the arm, but uh, I was noticing the other day in the rearview mirror. I was like, man, I'm starting to get a lot of gray hairs here coming in. All on the. It's starting to get very. Uh, I don't know what you call like dirty blonde and gray. It's not salt and pepper. I guess it's like um, paprika and pepper or something. I should... Oh <laughs> man. Yeah, bad chai. But, I don't know what you got going there. Or I guess paprika and bad chai. I'm not sure. But yeah. That's it. Yes, yes. So you'll see that in the next just for men box that you can brush it. Right. Bad chai. Um, not selling very well. I don't know why. So, by the way, I'm going to clean up our roundup right there. We're not talking about Devon Lacoon Purcell. We did that last week. Um, oh, <laughs> but we are. So we're going to start. We're going to start a series now here on the Pick Exponents. We've got about five weeks to or so to go before, um, you know, really before the training camps and everything will start get, getting started somewhere around there, five or six weeks from now. So that gives us about five or six weeks. We we could probably do three players a week, uh, 15 players. Boom. There we go. So for the next five or so weeks, we're going to start going through our player previews uh, for the season. We will kind of just go through each player, talk about something, some unique things about them and, and, and the upcoming season, and then in general kind of focus on what we're looking at for them to improve or the next thing that they're going to add to them, their game to take them to the next level. Uh, so this week we'll kick it off. We'll kick it off uh, with, with the, you know, you start with your best foot forward. We'll have, we'll go with Nikola Jokic 
right out of the gate. After that, I want to talk about Paul Millsap. And then I think if we will finish up the show uh, with previews of Gary Harris. And that'll be our, our trio to start. So, with that said, that's a lot to get through uh, and not a lot of time to waste. So, let's let's dive right in. Nikola Jokic, our first player preview. Nikola, obviously, he is the, the face of the Nuggets. That that is no no longer in doubt. If it was in doubt uh, at all last season, I don't I don't think it was. But I think even even more so, you, uh, Nikola, uh, by the end of the season, had fully embraced the role of being the 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 star of this of this team. Even if he's not, I don't think he'll ever embrace the the role of star in terms of you know wanting to be famous and wanting to be um, a guy <laughs> a guy who I mean Nikola Jokic on social media right now is posting pictures of his horses out in Serbia <laughs> and on his like on his farm or his ranch. So he's he's a little bit different cat in that kind of way. So. I don't think he'll ever be a star that way. But one of the ways that I guess that I mean is that he's kind of embraced that role of stars. He really is like the go-to scorer, right? Or or the the guy that they're looking at for every possession down on offense. So, Mike, let me let me throw this over to you first. Do you think if in this upcoming season I, we're going to think? Because I don't know. I don't. I don't believe Nicola led the team in scoring last season. I believe it was uh, Will Barton, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Do you think this season that Nicola will finally become the leading scorer? I I, I kind of hope not. Um, actually, I I think that if um, he's sitting like as our second or third leading scorer, um, but is way out ahead on assists like he has been the last couple seasons, um, I, I think that's our recipe for success. So I weirdly, Zach, I hope he's not um, our our leading scorer, but. Um, still the, I mean, <laughs> how many triple doubles did he put up last year? Um, 11, it, it seems entirely, uh, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it seems entirely possible that he, he could be both. He could do both. So, um, you know, I may, I may be biting my tongue on this one at the end of the year, but, um, I, I think he absolutely could be, but I'm not sure that's the best way for the Nuggets to win. That's no, that is an absolutely fair, uh, fair point to make, and I, I, I tend to agree with that because I think if you're not only just because if if he's not doing that, you know, he's he's going to be doing other things for the team, and that's not really what you want him to necessarily be. But that also means that somebody else who you do want to have that role is fulfilling it, whether that's Will Barton now as a as a starting small forward, or whether that's Jamal Murray taking the next step, or Gary Harris just continuing. to to improve to the point that he kind of, you know, everybody's around 18 or so points a game. And then Gary ends up at 19 or something like that ends up that either way, you think that if, if they can, if it's not Jokic and he just kind of does what he does and somebody else takes that leading scorer role, then the Nuggets are probably going to be pretty good. The only situation you would really worry about is if he's, you know, Nicola averages 16 and, and Will Barton averages 17. And that's like, he's the leading scorer. Then, Obviously, something probably hasn't gone well uh, for the Denver Nuggets. What about you, Jeremy? Do you want do you want to see Nikola Jokic as the leading scorer for the Nuggets next season? I don't. That's kind of a slightly different question. Um, the the way that that Jokic has proved to be most successful is in his ability to elevate those around him. It's it's pretty contrary to the other successful centers that we see in our league, um, you know, guys like Carl uh, Anthony Towns, there's just that ringer article that we were talking about uh, on who do you pick to, to build a franchise around Towns or, or Jokic. And um, honestly, the reasons why they picked Towns were the exact reasons why I wouldn't, because Jokic is the guy who can get all those other players um, maximizing their talents. And it's just, it's ridiculous to think that Jokic could be the best three-point shooter in the NBA, the best um, slasher in the NBA, you know, all these things. There's guys who have those potential upsides. Murray, who knows? He has maybe the most beautiful shot um, since Michael Red. I, th I think it was, I, I think that was like the prettiest shot that I, I remember watching in the NBA. He could be the, the greatest three-point shooter somewhere down the line. Um, there, there's guys who have their, their specific roles, their tasks that they should be able to tap into. And so it's up to, in this case, Jokic to make that happen. And since he's a, a six foot 10, basically center, um, we're, we're in a situation here where these players like Jamal Murray, like Gary Harris, 
have an opportunity to to have their talent, their their specific ta tasks tapped into. Um, unlike any other point in history, there no point guard has ever existed like Jokic. So it's it's interesting, and that's exactly the path we need to be going down, rather than focusing everything on Jokic and his scoring. Right, that, and that's the way they're, they're they're building the team. I mean, honestly, I mean Jamal Murray is specifically works great with the Nuggets because he's not a ball dominant, uh, you know, pick and roll, walk it up the court kind of point guard uh like a, like a chris paul you think of like you know a traditional point guard uh if you know, we're, we're in these days is becoming i guess more of a uh, an outdated point guard but you think uh you think about uh, uh, jamal he's not that way and it works with denver because you have nicole Jokic. and when, when you talk about comparing him um to towns the the, the thing that, that that you talk about they always talk about this with peyton manning when he was on the broncos or when he was on the culture anyone or in quarterbacks in general the really good ones is that it's a player who raised is all boats right it's a player who who when they're on the court when they're on the field everybody is better you don't necessarily say that about carl anthony towns but you absolutely say that about nicole Jokic, and the stats you know by far back that mm -hmm. up as well show it right yeah. so it's it's you when you talk about who do i'm who am i going to build around well you want to build around the guy who's going to make the rest of your team better like you said jeremy so that's a you know that that that's an excellent point, and I so I, I did look it up. He was actually the leading scorer last season um, at eighteen and a half points per game. So the thing is that is if you I don't think he's gonna get much more than that, or I don't really want him to get more much more than that. I'd rather see those assists go up from six per game to eight per game. You know what I mean? That would be that would be where I'd want to see that that improvement from him come. And we'll talk a little bit about that here, or we'll talk about that here in a bit. When it, I want to see him kind of stay right at that 18 and a half points. And I want to see Jamal Murray, uh, a guy who last year averaged 16.7 or, or Gary Harris, a guy who averaged 17.5 points per game. I want to see one of those guys step into that 20 point per game um, level, or even if it's Will Barton who ended up having 15.7 points per game last year. One of those guys well, needs to step up and, and, and take that, that, you know, lead score role and just feed off of what Jokic is doing. That, that I think is the issue that it, everybody's talked about. It. Who is the leader? Who is the guy who steps up? Because it's very interesting. There's one thing that's very interesting about Jokic at the end of last season in February, average 21.8 points a game, March 20 points a game, April 25.7 points a game. Right. We were looking around. Who's going to step up? Who's going to do something? And Jokic had, you know, he had that game earlier in the season, uh, zero points or whatever, and they still won. Um, and he was talking about, like, look, we do better when I don't score and things like that. But by the end of the season, you weren't hearing anything about that. There weren't any questions about, is Millsap uh, the leader here uh, or, or, or Jokic? Um, there was just Jokic just nailing it in, getting it done. And not that he's the one who should be, but at the end of the season, he was showing that he is the guy who is. So he, 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 I do wonder about how things mature from here because now he's also the guy with the money. And right. so all the other guys on the team are looking to him like not only did you take over last year and do well, but you're very obviously now the 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 person that um, the the management thinks is the leader of our team. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. And, and I think in the end, it's all up to Jokic and, and whether or not he kind of rests that away or finds some way to get somebody else going. Find it, it, maybe Murray becomes the man. Maybe Gary Harris, like he did it, hit that three-point uh, three shot at the end of the Oklahoma City game. Maybe he's our, our go-to guy in the last second. I, it's, uh, I, it's torn. I, I, I'm torn. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think one of the things that makes that the toughest is, um, you know, it Jokic is is such a he's such a good hearted guy. And, and that's what plays into his wanting to share the ball. That's what his plays into his wanting everybody on the team to be happy. You know, his his whole thing is is, you know, kind of an all for one and one for all approach. And and that can run very counter to the. It's my team, and I'm gonna say how we do this sort of a thing, right? And and it's gonna be really interesting to see 
somebody who comes from the place he came from, you know, who, who, uh, you know, he's, he's really just, I, I think he's really now totally wrapping his arms around the language, totally wrapping his arms around the country. Um, he's, he's a second round guy who came in with just sort of no expectations and, and in the course of basically three seasons, he goes from that to being thrust into you are the face and leader of this team, which which does run a little bit counter to his personality style. And I, I think I, I really got the feeling and I think, you know, Jeremy really hit on the right spot that that it was the last month of last season that right. he said, nope. I'm, this is happening. I'm done. It, it, it's not the same as, but it reminded, it reminded me of a very small version of that moment of, you know, uh, LeBron, uh, with the heat playing the Celtics and finally just that, that one game six that season where it was just like, no, yeah, we're, we're changing this story today. And, and that's, it felt like Jokic said, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm going to lead now. And, and I hope, I hope he hangs on to that through the off season and brings it into this year. Right. It was a shame that he couldn't ride that wave because I agree with both of you guys 100% on that. And I think even even down to that last game, even down to the third quarter of that last game where it was the Nuggets were hanging on uh, by a thread and it was him who basically said, nah, all right, just give me the ball. And I, it doesn't matter uh, how close Taj Gibson is to, to me. I'm just going to shoot it and it's just going to go down. He, you yep. saw that you saw that maturity almost of him realizing, OK, this is I can do this and I can I am better. Than, than most everybody on this court. And and that's almost what I wonder if it is, if it's been about him, is he just hasn't realized really how good he actually is and, and, and hasn't, and it's not like it's a lack of confidence. It's just almost, he, honestly, he just doesn't, he just doesn't understand that like you are actually way better than most everybody who's on this basketball court and you can <laughs> dominate them if you want. Yeah. Uh, so it's well the other thing that made that that Carl Anthony Towns argument so so ridiculous to me is is a part of what you're saying in there Zach is is he he's so sort of unconscious about all of this and I and I think I think the way he plays with other guys I think um the way he sees the game I think the way he plays I mean it's it's funny that in ways his game actually reminds me of Andre Miller you know yes, um it, it, old it's, man it, it's my it's favorite. an old man game and 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 that's what made that argument more preposterous to me than anything I mean come back in 10 years and tell me how Carl Anthony Towns athletic game has matured right. for a big guy that just doesn't work out that way but but for a guy who who's literally playing you know in a lot of ways um ymca ball with with uh Jokic's brains on top of it man he's he's going to be so much better in 10 years and that blows my mind right right when you think about it it's uh you think about the the bigs who have um who have been great throughout and long, long careers where they yeah. were really good. It's uh, the two two guys that come to mind to me are are Dirk Nowitzki, who about as athletic as Jokic is, and and Tim Duncan, who also another, another guy who was I mean his name nickname was the Big Fundamental, right? That's he was yeah. as old man ball as you got. So yeah. that's that's the the that's kind of the game that I think from a big man's perspective, you're absolutely right that that's the game that lasts. It's these. These other these other guys are who are relying on their athleticism. It's that old you know it's that old saying that the uh, a candle burns twice as bright, lasts half as long, and and that's that's kind of when right what, what, exactly. what happens with them. Let me ask you this, uh, Jeremy. With so, where would you put I guess Nicole Jokic right now? If you're talking about in terms of NBA centers, where would you rank him? If we're everybody's been doing player rankings, we're gonna do we're gonna do one <laughs> quick quick segment. On yeah. It. Um, there's a few names there. Um, it's, it's cool. Cause it's not there to me. There's not so clearly a number one at this moment. Everybody has an asterisk if you put them in that number one slot. So you've got Boogie who for the past few years, I think you could say was probably in the number one. He's coming off of a very serious injury. Mm -hmm. Who knows what happens there? Um, Rudy Gobert really kind of like showed how dominant a defensive center can be. Uh, and he still gets points too. Um, you know, uh, Al Horford's in that conversation. What, what he's doing with his team, um, I would put Jokic. I think at number two. I think I would put him actually ahead of every single one of those guys that I just mentioned. Uh, um, I, again, uh, Mike kind of brought up the whole point of Carl Anthony Towns' athleticism. The, that article was talking about. Well, we know Jokic's game, um, but 
Towns with his athleticism is the one who could really grow into something else. And I saw it the complete other way around, just like Mike did. Like exactly. we we know exactly where where Towns is or or could be with with his athleticism. With Jokic, the thing that we know about his game is that there's no way to define it. It is it is completely abstract. It does so much magic to all the other players around him. There is no way we could ever understand truly understand what his ceiling is. Because we we don't even understand his game to begin with, so so I'm putting him right there at two. I think the best one in the league that I have to say is is Joel Embiid, um, and, and again asterisk right there because will he have a healthy career? We don't know, but man, that guy, Amazing. everything he does, yeah, yeah. A, a three point shot is almost like as good as a dunk from he probably could dunk from three three point line. Right. He can do everything, right. <laughs> right? And he's a phenomenal defender as well. It's just. Which is right. the, the aspect, obviously, that Jokic doesn't have his game. So I agree. I, I would put Embiid 100% at the top. I get, I think two through six is really hard to rank because of, because of all the guys right. you named right there. So you got Gobert, you've got Towns, you've got uh, Jokic, you've got Horford. That's that's. I'm trying to think if there's an, there's another one that I'm. Bogey. Cousins, yeah. Cousins, Aldridge. okay, yeah. So Aldridge so, is so up Cousins, there. I mean, yeah, but you know, Aldridge, yeah. Cousins, I would I would not. Um, put up there just because he's coming off the Achilles cousins is a guy who's yeah. going to have to learn that old man ball game. And I think he's got it in him. He's, he's a very good yeah. passer. He's a very good rebounder. Yeah. You know, he could, he could still be, still be effective. He'll still be strong um, in the, in the post. So he won't be get. He'll still be a, an effective defender as well. But, you know, I, I think the athlete, the athleticism, the, those power dunks and stuff of his game, that's going to be the part that you'll probably see fade away just because it's, I mean, that's what you see every single guy who has an Achilles. I have a, I have a good buddy who I tore his Achilles and that pretty much ended his, his basketball yeah. career. Cause it was just, he said he could never jump, jump quite the same uh, as he used to. So that's why I'd probably put Boogie out, outside of that group i don't it's hard i you know you you people i think al horford's probably one of the most underrated guys in the league people just don't realize how good he is on offense and defense but he's yeah. i would probably put Jokic over him um just because Jokic is i think the gap between what what a horford can do in offense and what Jokic can do in offense is, is that big that you can you would rank Jokic over him the other two, though, I don't know, man. I could, I could make an argument either way. I could make an argument that for Towns or Gobert being better than Jokic, uh, I could make an argument for Jokic being better than them. The tough part about Towns, statistically, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win an argument in Jokic versus Towns, and and we all know how much Jokic is a, a advanced stat darling, and how how the, all the advanced stats say how great he is. Mm-hmm. Towns is better than him in in the majority of them. It's just the honest truth. So you're not going to win that argument there. I don't think you're going to win that argument on talent level either. But when you talk about the intangibles like we have been, I think there's definitely an argument to be made there about Jokic being being preferable, certainly if you're talking about building a team. And then the other – Gobert, man, I'm a – Gobert's so good on – I think he, on defense, he's just as good as Jokic is on offense. And he's – probably better on offense than Jokic is on defense because he's actually decent on offense where Jokic is, you know, mediocre to uh, not so great. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of the people who uh, believes that Jokic is just completely awful on defense, but uh, he's, you know, he, he is limited because he's got slow feet. It's just, it's just, it's just the fact of the fact of the matter. So I would, I, I don't know. I'd probably put him at, at I'd probably put him at three. I'd have probably Gobert two, Jokic three. And then Towns four, Horford five, Cousins six. Mike, what about you? You can you can finish this out here. Where would you put Jokic in the in the rankings? I I don't disagree much with with either of you guys. I think I mean I can I can slice this a few different ways, and and all of it ends up with Embiid at the top, um, and most of the guys that we talked about just kind of jostling in the mix. Um, beyond that, I. I will admit, um, I I love to watch uh, Demarcus Cousins play basketball just because of the uh, skill and talent and ferocity. And when he's on, he is on. But I also um, I don't I don't love him for how easy it is to get into his head. Right. And I don't love, um, frankly, I don't love the fact that it, it, I, I'm sure this is a ten thousand foot view, but I don't love that he. Uh, seems to make his teams better when he leaves them. Um, I, you know, I, I thought the Kings were just 
just as good uh, when he left. And when you lose that much talent and still don't really seem to drop back right. that much, um, the Pelicans played better after he got injured because it just was a more natural fit. Um, I... I actually think he will. I, I think he will obviously improve the Warriors, but that's because uh, you know it feels like right now he's probably the seventeenth best guy on the team, right? So um, you know that's that's just that's just crazy. But um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, I think uh, I I would put Jokic third as well, but probably because of my bias towards him and 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 adoration of him, um, I could argue all day long about. Maybe Horford is a little bit better, or maybe Towns is a little bit better, and and uh, you know, and jostle back and forth. So Embiid at the top, and everybody else kind of working their way. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, let's move it on because man, we looked at the time. I was like, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's give me one thing, uh, Mike, that you would say Jokic has got to to improve on, or what are you looking at most for him to to take the next step with? Um, I I want to see his defense improve. Um, I, I, I think he's a plus defender when you look at his stats, but I think that's primarily just because he's got his head in the game and he's smart and he still forces things to happen in certain directions. Um, but I think he's still easy to beat. I want to see him. I want to see his footwork be better. Um, I want to see his placement be better and I want to see his anticipation be better. And, and I think if he can, I mean, if he can just shave off some rough edges there and get back to just uh, what we don't perceive as a negative, um, I, I think uh, I think he'll be in great shape. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I would I would agree with that I think that to go a level deeper with it, yeah, you, it's really he, he needs to be in in the best physical condition uh, that mm. he can be in because that's that's what's going. That's all he needs to help. It's not it's not a, a, a mental issue with it, and that's and that's why I don't think Nicole is as bad a defender as people make it out to be because if you watch him play, he rarely makes a mistake on defense. It's just exactly guess what if you if you isolate him if on a pick and roll if you're going to switch on a pick and roll and get him matched up one on one with Isaiah Thomas at the three point line, he's going to lose that matchup. But here's the other thing: like ninety percent of the centers, probably even higher than that in the NBA, are going to lose that matchup. That's just most of the guards are going to lose. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you just, you know, he's got to, but he's got to, that, that it's a reality of the NBA, especially with the Nuggets. That is what every single team is going to do to him. And that's what we saw at the end of last season on defense is they're going to run a pick and roll. They're going to get, they're going to get the switch that they want. And they're going to get Jokic match, matched up against the guard with, at, at the perimeter. Then they're going to clear out and let that guy isolate. And he's going to go right to the rack. It was, I mean, it's like clockwork. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. The only way he can combat that as best he can is by being in the best shape possible and, and then being able to – strong enough to force, you know, to either force through – force it so that they don't have to switch and get get through, you know, not not allow him um, to get caught up in the screen or or he's got to – or I guess not, not – yeah, that's not really on him when I think about that. It's it's on the guard <laughs> through the screen. I don't know what I'm talking about. Either he's got to be – he's got to be quick enough and strong enough um, – to hedge out and then get back on the pick and roll or, or he's going to, or he's going to continue to just get switched and isolated. And then if that's the case, then he's got to be as strong and as fast as he can to be able to at least try and slow a guy down when he gets isolated on the perimeter. Jeremy, what about you, man? I'll let you, I'll let you wrap it up. What do you think uh, he should, Jokic has got to work on the most next season? Pretty similar to yours. You're talking about his physical nature. Um, in terms of uh, how it actually applies itself on the court. Um, I'll take it from a statistical standpoint and, and I'll refine it a little bit. Um, to me, the, the word is endurance that I, I would love to see shoot up. Um, you know, last season, we, before last season, we were even questioning if he'd be able to play 32 minutes a game. Um, we didn't, this was the guy, you know, famous for all the, the Pepsi they drink and the, the hilarious pictures of him as a chubby little oh kid. Gosh, like, it's man. true. Um, and so statistically, uh, and we've talked about it before, I've seen it before this guy on zero days rest is a 0.3 plus minus on one day rest, 5.9 plus minus two days rest, 8.2. So we see between oh, games, how important, 
Yes, that is huge. Does anybody else have that sort of divide between uh, no days and one day? I've never heard that stat. That's crazy. No person. I'm just going to say it. I haven't done the research. <laughs> no I don't know this, but I'm, I'm quite mistaken. <laughs> Speaking into existence. And, and now even within the game, in the fourth quarter, his field goal percentage drops almost 10%. Per, um, it, from from the third quarter where he hits 53.6%, fourth quarter he hits 43.3. His three-point shot goes from 43% to 32.1. Again, this is something where, man, if this guy was just able to play the, the fourth quarter like he does, at, or, or at least as closely as he does to the first three, or if he's able to play in back-to-back games and keep some sort of sense of, of uh, his endurance together and not give him to fatigue, this is a stuff like it came down to one shot last season, whether or not we made it to the playoffs. This would be such a huge improvement that we're not just talking about one shot. We're talking about multiple games that we would be winning just as a result of Jokic being able to perform um, more consistently um, physically through throughout the minutes that he has. So that, that's the big thing to me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was great. Great. Great research. I, I I gave Jeremy I gave Jeremy like the rundown uh, maybe an hour before the show starts, and he he comes up with these these awesome stats. That's that's phenomenal. All right, tell you what, well, let's go ahead. We're about I'm halfway. them all up. Say what? <laughs> I just made all those. Oh, you made it all. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's nobody's like everybody's wondering. They're like, where do you find these stats about you know <laughs> one to two days rest? I heard. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, we're about halfway through the show, so we're, let's go ahead. Let's hit the break, and then when we come back, uh, we'll talk about Paul Millsap. And we'll, we'll try and be quicker, so we can talk about Gary Harris as well. So we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest, or a time is the shortest. That's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Nikosh, Mike Olson, Jeremy Poley. We spent the first half of the show doing our first player preview on Nikola Jokic, which uh, it makes sense that we spent the most time on him because uh, he's, he's the best player on the team. So why wouldn't you spend the most time on him? But we're going to keep it rolling now and move on to the guy who's the highest paid player on the team, and that is Paul Millsap. Of course, we all know Paul Millsap missed a big chunk of last season with the wrist uh, ligament tear played I believe 30 he played just under half of the season he only ended up 38 games for for Paul Millsap last season so this season now with a full bill of health and he, the thing about Millsap too is even last season he he when he was back you could tell he was not healthy if you watch the film you can clearly see him favoring that wrist so hey now that he is back and he is fully healthy Mike let me ask you this 
how big? I mean, how big of an impact does that make? Because when you when we signed when the Nuggets signed Millsap last season, it was a huge signing. It was a big deal. It was like this is the big perfect deal. fit next to Nicole yeah. This is the per- this is exactly what the Nuggets need. And then of course they they had they maybe they spent those like first fifteen games. It didn't figure it out, uh, and then and then he got hurt. So or they had just about figured it out, and then he got hurt. So how big of an right. impact do you think this is now that he's back and healthy? I think. I mean, I think it has the potential to be huge because um, I, I think you said it, I think your correction there, you said it really well, Zach, those first, you know, I think it was it 17 games when he got hurt, whatever it was, um, you know, they, they kind of split that in half that first seven or eight games. You're right. They were, they were kind of clunky. Jokic was kind of deferring. That's not necessarily the way that should work. It took Millsap basically coming and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to fit into your game, not you into mine. Right. Um, and, and they really, you could see those last few games and I keep, I've talked about this in a couple of columns, those last few games right before Millsap got injured, when they'd interview either one of those guys and ask them about playing with the other guy, those last three or four or five games in there, when they were starting to figure out that pick and roll that they were running, they were, they were pretty geeked out about it. And, and I think, and I think it still took, even when Millsap came back and I think he was still hurting and I think it took some time to work him back in again, but but once things are clicking with him again in both of those small windows, um, you know, our, our defensive uh, stats uh, get way better with him on the floor. Um, he certainly has uh, not only that presence there, but, um, you know, has, he's he's one of our worst starting three-point shooters, and he still absolutely has the ability to shoot it from out there. Um, I, I think he's just a well-rounded guy that is exactly what we need as both, um, you know, still the voice of maturity. Um, he's got some experience now with the team. I think as long as he stays healthy this next season, I mean, what would him being on the court have added last year? You know, maybe maybe five wins, right? And and the playoffs. I I think we're I think we're gonna enjoy some really great basketball with him uh, back and healthy. Absolutely, yeah. No, I I tend to agree. I think. He, because I, I really think he was just like maybe maybe at 70 percent at the end of last season playing with that wrist. You know, he, he couldn't yeah. do anything with that hand, and, and it really if it shows to show how good he actually is because he was still he was still somewhat effective. You know, he still started and still played big minutes for the team and and, and didn't necessarily hurt them, but. I think he's probably the thing that maybe people are overlooking the most this upcoming season with the Nuggets. You know, everybody wants to know well, what about Michael Porter Jr. and how healthy he's going to be and how healthy is Isaiah Thomas going to mm-hmm. be. And, you know, of course, everybody knows Nicole Jokic and the improvement of Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. That's that's what everybody's talking about. And nobody's – people just – it's almost just like an assumption, oh, hey, the Nuggets will be better because they'll have Millsap back. But nobody's really thinking about, like, he's – again, he's still really, really good and he's a player who really, really fits – in a in a good spot as the Nuggets power forward, that he could, I mean, he changed could change so much for them. And when we saw last year, they were you, I agree with you, they were clunky on offense, but on defense, it was so clear how what a difference he made in those in the beginning of the season. With just yeah. just because he, I mean, he's not a great rim protector, but that, the turnovers that he causes when guys try and penetrate and get into the lane, it's just he completely he completely takes a or adds a different aspect to that end of the floor that the Nuggets don't have a guy without him, and he's also your quarterback on defense, your guy who's you know who's going to be helping everybody else make sure they know what's going on. So I I think it's going to be a huge impact. Huge, Jeremy. What about you, man? Where are you at on on Paul Millsap and his impact next season? Yeah, uh, you guys definitely highlighted the the defensive game that he brings. Um, and one just kind of side point that I thought was interesting. I was trying to, you know, the the offense was always the question mark. Um, you know, first we had Coach Malone saying that they want to run the offense through through Millsap <laughs> after you know, the way Jokic closed out last season uh, in such awe-inspiring performances. Uh, and, and then they were both kind of in the post. They were they were, the way that they started before his injury. They were they would both kind of hang down there because Jokic, Jokic was used to playing in the post, and they're kind of just doing like one on each elbow. Right. And, and then that wasn't really working. And then Jokic had to kind of go back to the three point line, and that made him more reticent when it came to scoring points or or, or doing anything because he's a little bit farther back. Um, but what it, it, what's interesting to me? So I started looking up some stats for that, um, and 
Jokic's three-point shot is over 15% higher when Millsap is on the floor. Hmm. And that, that was not like an anomaly. Whoa. That was not, yeah, that was not like a 4% better, who knows, over 15% better. And that makes me want to go back and look at the film. I, I think the feeling I have is that the gravity that Millsap has in that post area and what that does to to open things up for Jokic to be able to find an open, um, um, unimposed three-point shot. Um, I, I'm really excited actually to go back and look at that. If Jokic, so Jokic was over 50% uh, with Millsap out there. Um, I, I, it just blows my mind to think of a full season with Millsap. You guys talked about defense, which is definitely his greatest upside. But if Jokic is, is honestly able to hit over 40% for an entire season, uh, it, it could just be so huge. And, and people not giving Millsap the credit for what he's actually doing um, between gravity and between offensive rebounding and pick and rolls and, and spacing, um, that, that could be so huge. Just kind of like uh, you mentioned with Al Horford. You know, there's a lot of intangibles there, a lot of things that he does and opens up that he doesn't get credit for. Um, you know, honestly, if Millsap isn't putting up 20 points a night, isn't shooting 40% from the three-point line, okay, as long as everybody else is playing the type of game that they're able to. Right, right. That's an excellent point. That's another – again, general for just the, the killer stats. bringing the thunder. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I like to brag. I, uh, you like a trying to be humble. Lightning bolt like a type of a, a, a thunderclap type of a thing you can put in there later, Zach, for yes. every time you bring. Yeah, that'd be awesome. The thunder. <laughs> uh, what are you? You guys, are the audio experts. I got to use like um, like uh, so one of those like pans or something. I can make that wobbling noise. Like, whoa, 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 and that's yeah. Um, I, I, like I don't it. even know where I get this thing. It's like some like when I need like metal roofing. Gotta go down. I could I could buy you a sound effect before you go out and get all like you know. <laughs> cardboard and duct tape on this sucker okay oh, it's your previous uh <laughs> life as a decadent dubstep dj those days are long gone um, <laughs> um well, where were we uh all right jim let me ask you this because so because you already mentioned that you think Jokic is the leader of the team so but uh, the point i want to make is is there's no richard jefferson there's no Darrell arthur anymore the only veteran there's no devin harris there's no jameer nelson they're, they're, they're the, the only veteran guy I, like i mean i don't even know how many guys the nuggets have on their team that are over the age of 30 other than uh paul Millsap. in fact hmm. i don't know that are there any I haven't thought about that. Good question. I'm, I'm trade him a little looking while you're while you're doing this. All right, yeah, yeah. Thirty on the Nuggets. I, I don't think so. I think it's like it's like Logan's Run. The, the Nuggets. Are Logan's run. It's really, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas will... knew what that movie was. I thought, oh, that's the oldest reference I'm going to make all day. No, I I, I love it. <laughs> no, yeah, the Isaiah Thomas will turn thirty uh, during the year, but other than that, Paul Millsap is the only guy. Every he's Isaiah Thomas and Paul Millsap are the only two guys in the Nuggets that weren't born in, born in the nineties. So there you go. If that makes you feel old, yeah, I see another gray hair on my own. Thanks. <laughs> so, what, how does he? I mean, is it just now de facto? I guess Jeremy that he's kind of got to be the veteran voice in the locker room for this team. <laughs> no, I don't think so. The Paul Millsap, <laughs> I know. I I I don't think so. I I think he's a steadying presence. Um, I I I think it's one hundred percent Jokic's reign at this point. I I feel like we were seeing that at the end of last season. Even Paul Millsap came out and uh, and at least verbally to the press, kind of yielded to to Jokic's leadership. Uh, Jokic was taking the leadership this off season. I don't know. There, it just feels the media is giving Jokic that attention. Um, again, we brought up the the money they got paid. I, I I honestly don't really see Millsap as in any sort of leadership or wisdom role at this point. I see him as just some of the most solid glue that you can have in a locker room that's already solid, has solidarity. He's just even more solid glue. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think that's that's a good way of putting it. Mike, what about you? Is he? Do you would you agree that he's just kind of? It's it's not. He doesn't have to be that anymore. He just needs to kind of be in the background, holding everything together while while he lets these young guys kind of take on those roles, those leadership roles. I, 
I think he better not be that. I think I think uh, I think he I think he recognized early last season that uh, Jokic was trying to defer to him and was wise enough to tell him uh, to knock it off. Um, I, I think he shows a lot of intelligence that way. Um, I, I hope that that is not a struggle again this year. I, I hope that we don't try to run the offense through him again this year. Um, I you know, great guy, great player. Um, Jeremy said it perfectly. This it's, it's Jokic's time and, and we need to force that on him. Um, even if it's a slightly bumpy road for him to, to figure it out, that's, that's gotta happen. That's the only way this works. So, right, right. I agree. And there's, I think, I mean, somewhat, I don't know that anybody gives rah-rah speeches or needs to (laughs) in in the NBA. I mean, there's somewhat of a language barrier, I think with Jokic, just because he's not, the the I mean he he speaks English perfectly fine but he does sometimes not maybe he doesn't express himself the best because of, because of his obviously English not being his first language um and but I would I would say that even then it's not it's not Paul Millsap as the guy I'm probably looking to Will Barton honestly at, at this point as that that kind of vocal guy in the locker room with the veteran presence this is a, that's more of the role that I would see Will Barton and having having the right personality for it because Will Barton is is a guy who is uh, I mean he's a grinder a hard worker 100% he's now going to be a starter he got paid he's he's proven that he's a valuable part of this organization and that he's part of this team for long term going forward and he's also a guy who's not afraid to to speak up and speak his mind but at the same time he's a guy who leaves everything out on the court and 100% has the respect of every person in that locker room so that would be the guy I would think more than anything would be the the I guess voice in the locker room for for this team outside of uh, Jokic I would look to him more, more so than Millsap all right I'm gonna move I, w- I want to move on to Gary Harris because I want to make sure that we get to him here and we, we if we don't move on we won't we won't get enough time so Gary's a guy that that He's he's had just just a a upward curve, right? It's like he's still riding up at the top of this bell curve that, that generally all NBA players go. I mean, they're shaped a little bit differently, but they all are about the same. Gary has continued to just get better and better every single season. But Mike, when when you look at this now, it's that okay now now another guy who got paid. He's off of his rookie year. He's one hundred percent by every definition a veteran player in the NBA. Is it is do at this point we have to start kind of curbing our expectations for him and how much he's going to improve year to year? Well, let me admit my bias first. I think I've said this a couple times, but but Gary's my favorite guy on the team. I just I, I love the fact that he comes back with something new and better every year. I mean, the the fact that that's kind of what he's predicated his off seasons on has just I, I find that really inspiring um, for for somebody to to pursue things uh, like that in that way. Um, but it's also why, even admitting my bias, I, I don't think that he necessarily, I don't think his arc necessarily flattens out as quickly as um, as other guys because of that uh, dedication and because of that focus. I think, I mean, I think on average you see people's arcs flatten out earlier because, you know, they don't necessarily do that. It just, their their game naturally matures because they get used to the speed of the league and they get used to the the plays that the team is running and all the rest of that. You know, Gary tries to add stuff to his game. And and although, um, you know, God forgive the, the crazy comparison here, um, one person that I always admired that did that, even though he was, you know, leaps and bounds uh, past past where Gary started and will finish um, is is Michael Jordan. He, uh, you know, he he was sitting on top of the world and didn't have to do anything with his game and still would come back every year and lead the league in free throws or suddenly be on the, you know, the all defensive team or just every year he brought something back that was uh, that was a, a new wrinkle to his game. And, and I truly believe that Gary will keep doing that. Now, I don't I don't think he's Michael Jordan, but I do think, you know, um, I think we've got a, a, a few more years of Gary bringing more to the court um, before we see something top out, frankly. Right, right. And it's, it's I always just, I used to have this belief that like after three years, uh, you knew what a guy, you knew what he was in the NBA at this point, or at least it was, it was my J.R. Smith argument. The people that always would still argue, well, J.R. Smith could still, you know, he's got all the talent of a Kobe Bryant. Which is true, he did, but uh, he did not have the obviously the the the, the 
the the I don't want to I don't want to say this wrong, but he just didn't have the intangibles that Kobe did to make him to make him an all time great. And I and I what I said to people was. Uh, you know, with with Jay, I was like, okay, it's been after th- about three seasons, he's not going to suddenly jump up and be a twenty-seven point per game scorer, you know, and and and, and an all-world defender and stuff like that. It's just not going to happen. But but what, I think that that's misguided. I think there's guys specifically you want to talk about another nugget when you think about uh, would be Chauncey Billups, who who doesn't have. Uh, who, who didn't follow that arc at all and ended up being more of a late bloomer. And Gary's not necessarily that either, but I agree with you. I think it's more of a, a steady arc. I think, I think he, he pushes close to that 20 point mark this season. I think he, he, you know, he got a few votes for all, uh, all NBA defense last season. I think he'll, he'll continue down that path. I think he, he's probably got three or four more seasons of, of marginal improvement. We will see it. it the, it won't be as sharp, of improvement every year, I think. Sure, I agree we, with that. We yeah. will see it, I think, for for until he's about you know hitting that thirty, and that's about thirty years old, and that's when he'll hit his his peak. Jeremy, would you agree, or would you say that uh, you know it's either realistic to expect more than that or or less than that? Yeah, no, I, I'm totally in line with what you were saying. Um, just uh, actually, last season his um, his shot was actually a little bit worse than the season before. But his overall impact was definitely greater. Um, so when those two things actually line up, when his overall curve meets with uh, with a higher shot, we actually saw that towards the end of last season, the last uh, two months about. Um, he was starting to hit the, the same uh, um, percentage numbers that he did the, the previous season that were a little bit higher. And that he was right around 20 points a game. So, you know, is he going to jump up? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, he jumped up about two and a half points each season. Um, honestly, if this season, if he jumps up one and a half to two, two points, sure. Maybe that's not exactly the same curve, but, uh, there's still a lot more, uh, a lot more room for, for Gray to grow. And, uh, I, I, I expect to see him as a, a um, borderline all-star, um, probably, it has more to do, I think, with the, the current guard. Uh, oh, that word is the wrong word to use. That's not what I meant. Like, not a point guard, shooting guard. Uh, but the current, like, group that's kind of been the top shooting guards for a while. I think it has more to do with them um, aging uh, a little bit more. But probably two years. Um, yeah, his curve is still going. Let me ask you this. Because I think one of the things that, that people – Gary's always – he's he's – I can't say that he's – a been a good defender because they, they again the numbers don't bear that out but uh, defensive numbers are also fickle so the, but he has i mean he's got the certainly got the tools even if he's a little undersized for a two guard but you know he got some votes for all defense last season is he i mean is he a guy you think that's that's where his improvement's going to come and that he's going to can he improve to that level of being the shutdown defender on the perimeter for the nuggets not I wouldn't say to that point where you can label him a shutdown defender. Um, He has been getting better. Um, 1.8 steals per game last season is definitely not something to scoff at, especially um, (laughs) the way that the defense, (laughs) if you're on the worst defense and you're still putting some stats in, um, then you're doing pretty well, I think. Um, But yeah, I, there's, I think there's still some room to grow. I think where we're going to really see it blossom is is when this team finally gets their uh, their defensive scheme together. Uh, I think it's going to be less of a player improvement. I mean, take a look at the guys who you know. Robert, Robertson c- came into the league. You knew he was a, a top defender the second that he got on the court. Right. Uh, Tony Allen, it's not like he had some sort of significant curve to his career. These guys come in playing solid, solid defense better than anybody else. So with Gary Harris, I, I think he is good on defense, um, but I think we're going to see the most improvement from his game when it, the rest of the, the team comes together, when the right kind of uh, um, play on the court uh, comes together. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I wonder if he can ever be that elite, elite shutdown defender because you're right. I think you would have seen it by now, but I think he can be a good defender and a guy who's part of a great defensive team. He's just the, 
with the Nuggets, the the problem is he's got you know, he's got nothing around him. Uh, hopefully, having Paul Millsap back will help, knowing that he's got Millsap behind him to kind of help clean up some of the mistakes. Right. You know, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I'd ever say that. Yeah, will he ever become one of those guys who say, okay, he's going to guard the best wing player night in, night out? I think some nights that might be the case, just because they don't have a better option, but. I don't necessarily think that he's going to thrive in that role. Mike, what about you? Do you think Gary's got it in him to become like that, the all all NBA defender? I I don't really. Um, I, I think that, uh, and I, I think it's a lot of what you guys are saying. I, I think Gary's got the brains for it. I think Gary's got the speed for it. Um, I think he's got the tenacity for it. Um, I, I think I think he plays it. I think he plays uh, defense the right way. I just don't think he's got you know arms that are four inches longer, um, or, or two inches more height. Right. And, and, and that at the end of the day, that tends to be a lot of what plays into these guys who are, you know, a little bit of, uh, defensive freaks. Um, what I, what I do get excited about thinking about this upcoming season is that, um, I, I know that Gary's not a minus defender and I know that Gary, um, especially when when the chips are down, when it's important, Gary is is um, a, a very solid defender. And when I think about a few of the guys now that they're bringing in the door, that you know, uh, you know, Millsap being back and actually being able to utilize him this way on defense, um, you know, Plumley was was definitely a, a good solid defensive option up the middle. Uh, you know, a number of times, uh, you know, uh, the guy that we decided we're not talking about tonight, uh, McCoon Purcell, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got, uh, he's got some D in, in there. Um, we can probably, you know, Tory Craig back. Um, I, I loved Tory's game as a defender. We could probably put five guys on the court that I, I would be looking at and going, Oh yeah, run through that. You know, that's, that's pretty solid stuff. So I, I think Gary's. I think Gary can be that guy. I just don't ever see him as as like all NBA. I I love him, but no. I think it's a good point when you think about it. if you had Mason Plumley, Paul Millsap. I don't know who you play at small forward that helps you defensively. I mean, Torrey Craig, but he's undersized for a small forward. But you could you could probably feel a decent a decent guy, and Gary would be part of that group uh, without without a doubt. So yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's got he's certainly going to be part of a, a very good. It can be part of a good defensive team, but but the Nuggets need and the, and like we said, because it's the undersized thing. I mean, I think Gary, you're ideally hoping that one day, you know, okay, we can maybe shift him onto some of the more these these more point guards. Maybe we can shift Gary Harris onto a, a Russell Westbrook or a Steph Curry and have him defend him that night because we know you know if we're gonna play Oklahoma City, we'll go put Jamal Murray on Andre Roberson because he can't. Uh, he can't shoot a, a beach ball into the ocean, whereas whereas Russell Westbrook is is you know clearly the the best offensive player on that team, or or the hammer Paul George. So we'll put okay, we'll put Gary on on Russ, and then you know whoever whoever we can find on uh, for small forward, we go on George. I think that's kind of the situations where you could really use him as 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 a great defender, but he's never going to be a guy who's gonna gonna be able to defend well against against a, a even a guy like a Jimmy Butler who's just just bigger than he is and and stronger than he is and is just gonna use the physical tools to his advantage but because Gary has that decent wingspan like I said he could be decent on some uh, some of the smaller guards he could really I think stifle him that's the way they they should probably use him I think the most effectively but again it's gonna take with in, in today's NBA it's gonna take at least a, a very good another very good wing defender bigger than him to um agree you know yeah to, to to make it really really click all right well i'll tell you what that is gonna that is gonna put us right pretty much out of time so we are gonna wrap it up here uh make sure you guys are following us on twitter i am at zach mikosh mike is at visible mike jeremy is at jeremy just at jeremy pulley right no underscore in there no nothing right i always, I, I should yeah. remember that because you're the exact same as me but uh Mm-hmm. It's time. All right, now it is locked exact in there. Exact same. Exact same. Exactly. Minus all the letters. It's exactly the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, follow, follow Denver Stiffs at Denver Stiffs and nothing but net radio is at in the in dash radio. Make sure you guys check us out on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Also on Facebook, give us a follow and a like over there. If you guys are listening to the podcast version of this show, I tell you every week, why aren't you listening to nothing but net radio on the Dash Radio app? Download it on your phone, listen to it in your car, at work, on the web. Uh, you've got shows just like this 
all throughout the week, team specific with with local experts and people on the beat uh, every day. Well, you've got some uh, you've got some general NBA shows that you can that you can also listen to, and then they when if they got to fill in a gap, they've got some pretty good music uh, that I like to jam out to when I'm usually headed to work myself. So make sure you're checking out Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio app. But if you are listening to the podcast version, if you could leave a rating and subscribe, we would appreciate it. All right. Jeremy, Mike, appreciate you guys being on. Thank you. so much, man. Always fun with you two. Absolutely. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.